Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Gozaimasu. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crosby. And I'm Paul Starcard. Buddy, I'm pretty excited about this episode that we have for our good listeners today. Um, so the overall topic today is what makes a good RPG, right? Mm-hmm. I think we have established pretty well over 80 plus episodes that um, we're a big fan of RPGs. And... Um, you know, I think there's a lot of elements that can go into it that, um, you know, make a good RPG what it is. I'm kind of excited to, to hear where you and I, like, meet eye to eye and where mm-hmm. we differ on this idea. Because I think we will have differences. I think we'll see eye to eye on a lot of it. But um, so to be honest, I, you know... This was a Steve, this is a Steve joint right here. He texted me this idea and I was like, fucking done. Let's do it. Um, so I have been thinking about it a lot the last couple of days. And buddy, I just like, it just keeps expanding, expanding and things get added on top. And I'm like, just calm down. Just chill out and have a conversation with your Yeah. Buddy. Just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <clears throat> that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what makes a good RPG today. Um, Buddy, I did want to take a co- care of a couple of things before we do that. Sure, let's go. So, um, I want to reach out through the internet to our pals, Brian and Josh from Sacred Icon, okay? Um, you know, I don't know, you know, how tuned in to the whole Halo fandom the overall our overall listeners are. Things have been kind of rough the last week or so, right? Yeah. And those dudes put out an episode today, sort of going over it and, and you know, talking through their feelings about it. And I just want to say, like, I love those dudes. And the the one thing I want to make expressly clear to those guys is that it will get better. Mm-hmm. You're, listen, Steve and I are old guys compared to you young bucks, all right? We have been around the block when it comes to fandom. And we don't just mean Halo. We don't just mean video games. We mean anything, okay? Mm-hmm. Any fandom that you are invested in has its incredible highs and its incredible lows. Right now, Halo's experiencing a low. I don't even think you could, 
you know, I think once it's all said and done and you look back, I don't know that it'll necessarily be considered an incredible low. But listen, it is very interesting as an outsider or someone who really loves Halo but does not interface with the overall Halo fandom besides listening to their podcast and right. playing Halo with my buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Same. It's very interesting to for me because... It's a it's a history repeating itself as far as fandom is concerned. And and what I mean there is I've seen this exact same stuff with Star Wars. You know, with the Blue Harvest podcast, Will and I are approaching eight years mm-hmm. of being very tied in with the Star Wars fandom. Congrats, man. That's a long time. Bro. Yeah, man. And, and like, you know, I would say I'm a little more tied in than than Will because Will is a family guy who's got other priorities and, you know. He loves talking about Star Wars. He's not, you know, scrounging, you know, like uh, scouring through social media and seeing everybody's dog shit opinions, right? (laughs) But I'll tell you this, guys. I learned fairly early on doing Blue Harvest that for your own good, you got to tune out as much of that as possible, right? Like what you like about Halo and talk about what you like about Halo. Your passion about what you like about Halo and what makes you a Halo fan will attract like-minded listeners, right? And, you know, I don't think it is unfair to say that both Halo and Star Wars have elements of their fandoms that can be toxic, right? (laughs) I think that is a... Goes without saying. At this point, it goes without saying. Yeah, You know, honestly... When you're talking about the real toxic shit with either fandom, you know, the racism, the bigotry, that sort of thing, I don't consider those people fans because they are missing out on a, like, the most important message <laughs> of those properties, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and and I actually had the sort of a conversation about this with those guys on Twitter one time, but... Tune it out. Do what you guys do. You guys are great. You have listeners because you're great. Mm -hmm. And weather the storm, right? Listen, for a couple years after fucking Last Jedi, it was not fun being in the Star Wars fandom. Where did I find my fun? In the friends I made in the Star Wars fandom who are normal fucking adjusted people who don't, you know, freak out because there's ladies in Star Wars or whatever (laughs) the fuck, right? That's what you guys got to do. Just bear, like, keep going. What you guys produce an excellent podcast, and it will get better. Now, will it be under the hands of three four three? That remains to be seen. You know, their statement says that they will be, you know, developing Halo now and in the future. I don't know that I'm necessarily convinced about that. We'll see. It's a big yeah. question mark. But just keep on keeping on. It's gonna get better. Right it now will. sucks. Definitely, man. Halo Halo will be back. I mean, it's not gone. Like no. you can still play it, you know? No, and no. it's still a great game. And listen, I know there's all these this talk about all they're working on is multiplayer. There's no campaign stuff being worked on. That will change. That will one hundred percent change. It will it come as quick as maybe you want the next Halo campaign to come? Probably not. Just as after um Mass Effect Andromeda. This is a perfect example. Mass Effect Andromeda was my most anticipated game of that year. I know Brian and I don't see necessarily eye to eye on the overall quality of that game, but you can't deny the damage it did to the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, 
by the time the next Mass Effect game comes out, it will have been probably close to a decade, right, since we've gotten a Mass Effect game. And, you know, at the time there was all these rumors, oh, Mass Effect's getting put on the shelf. They're not going to do Mass Effect. I knew that wasn't the case. It's too popular of a franchise for it not to cycle back around eventually. Yeah. Same thing will happen with Halo. Yeah, and I feel like Halo is almost bigger than Mass Effect, right? Like, Oh, I, mean, I think so. So, I think so. And, and I feel like that it won't be 10 years. You know what I mean? Like that somebody no. is going to take the horns of that project one way or the other mm-hmm. and and keep it keep it going because Microsoft, quite frankly, needs Halo. <laughs> no, they the do. And, and honestly, and you know, I think if if you're playing the blame game, which I always I think is probably a bad idea. But ultimately, if you're playing the blame game with the current state of Halo, I think you got to shift it equally between 343 and Microsoft. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that it would be the worst idea for Microsoft or 343 rather to work with another developer, let them handle the campaign of the mm-hmm. next Halo and 343 handle the multiplayer. In my opinion, 343's Halo multiplayer has fucking shined. I think it's four, terrific. Five yeah. and Infinite's multiplayer are really good. I think four's campaign is pretty good. I think five's was not great. And I think Infinite's was really solid. So, so do I. You know, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. And I mean, I, every time we play Halo Infinite, I love it. But yeah. the problem is it just doesn't have enough there to, to keep us playing it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, so, so if you're, you know, and uh, we put in be a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of hours into it, you know, and, and this is, and I'm not saying this from the, the, like the old dude putting his nose up at the new guys working on it, because I don't know that Halo would be in a better place if Bungie was handling it, because I'll be frank, I haven't been a huge fan of Bungie's post Halo output. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's easy for I've me to say, <laughs> to say that. I was going to say, I've pumped in an insane amount of hours into Destiny mm-hmm. and Destiny 2. I mean, I'm recovering uh, addict from all that. You know, I guess going on like four years sober mm-hmm. on that. But, uh, yep. you know, I can't say I disliked it. I did. I disliked <laughs> it and I continued to play it because my friends were playing it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but... You don't have to do that anymore. There's so many options, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many things. And guys, listen, I don't just listen to Sacred Icon to hear the Halo talk. Of course, I listen to it because you guys are very knowledgeable about Halo. You know your shit. You have interesting insight to add to Halo. You you inform me of things I don't know because I'm not as tuned in. I also just like hearing you guys talk about shit other than Halo. So... Yeah, and they've been on a Final Fantasy one lately. Oh, boy, have they. Boy, <laughs> have they. I've been uh, sliding into my buddy Brian's DM saying, like, hey, man, listen, we may not see eye to eye on a couple of these Final Fantasy games, although I think he kind of is starting to see my point about 13. Um, please play 10. Please play 10. And I think he's going to. Mm-hmm. So I'm anxious to hear what he says about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's really cool. I just want to say this one thing about the Halo Microsoft thing and that I, I thought it was really poor taste of, of like the Sony fanboys to be kind of celebrating that. Yeah, like that's, listen, that's, yeah, that's ugly in the worst way. And I know that it's the same kind of, of shit like troll troll assholes, mm-hmm. like just looking for reactions and stuff. This but. is the thing. Like, I'm too old to worry about a console war. Yeah. My favorite console manufacturer as of right now is still 
Xbox. I love Xbox. The reason I am so ingrained with Xbox is because the 360, I feel, was the dawn of my current gaming, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, I had been a PC gamer for so long. I got the PlayStation 3 at launch. It didn't have much to offer. And then I got the 360, and I could play Halo and Gears of War, and I played Mass Effect and all our Street Fighter matches, all these things. But... Microsoft is, they stand to lose my, how endeared I am to them as a brand. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I want to have both because I want to be able to play the games that both of them feature exclusively, right? Right. Here's here's the thing, like we talk about we're a little older school, you know, I don't remember when I was younger and I had like a Super Nintendo, I I didn't like care if, if if i had a friend who had a sega genesis i was stoked you because you could go over to their house and play games that you didn't sega have genesis exactly yeah. we could trade yeah. consoles for a weekend or something you know what i mean like i never understood this rivalry thing like yeah, there I, was a bit of a rivalry between nintendo and sega i guess but that shit's manufactured like back in the day when you're kids all you wanted all we wanted to do was play all the games and ultimately so. that sega nintendo rivalry when you really think about it kind of corny yeah. Really kind of corny considering like just a few years down the road where Sega being like, oh shit, we ain't making hardware anymore. We're going to publish all this shit. Where's it? Nintendo. Hey, Nintendo, you guys want to have Sonic on your system? Please, please. So listen, uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't care about console wars. I want to yeah, play man, good video either. games wherever they're available. And if that means I have a PlayStation and an Xbox, awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I think both yep. platforms are great. Right now, the Series X is a platform of potential. Yep. You know, I'm waiting for the day where I can be like, this is wh- why I have this Series X specifically, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And I can understand frustrated Xbox people. I sure can too. The, you know, but in that I don't regard, think, but... like, when you're talking about the amount of people that lost their jobs across all the Microsoft. Yeah, associated companies like you're talking about people that lost their jobs. That's lost not their freaking jobs, their livelihoods. Yeah, yeah, that's not console war stuff. No, you know? that's dreams coming to an end in mm-hmm. some cases. You know, yeah. like think about how much you love video games, and then think about you're smart enough, you're dedicated enough to get a job working in video games, and then this happens. Like, try to have some empathy or some sympathy for the people in their positions, and not you know, boil it all down to a console. war. Yeah. Most of those people anyway, probably haven't even had their first job yet or their first armpit hair. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, I did have one other thing that I want to address. We got a email from our buddy, Jess Smith, Jess Smith, uh, blue harvest listeners might know as the maestro behind the lo-fi key ID Monday. Oh, sweet songs. This is what he says. He says, Hey, St- Stephen Halls, You asked for topics on a few on this a few episodes back, just catching up this week. You mentioned that neither of you played the Bioshock Infinite DLC. Highly recommended as someone who played through the trilogy during the pandemic. Would love to hear a Bioshock episode soon, including this, especially in light of the announcement for the new game Judas from Ken Levine. Jess. Buddy, a Bioshock (coughs) series is coming. It's yeah. one. I mean, we Perfect. both enjoy that franchise. I know, like, just like how right now, because Final Fantasy 16 is coming, I'm literally juggling two different F- 
Final Fantasy games right now because of how hyped I am for 16. I know the closer <laughs> we get to Judas and whatever the next, you know, official Bioshock game is, I know we'll probably dive in and, and cover those games because they're not oh, yeah. long playthroughs either. Mm-mm. So No, especially the first one or two, whatever. Yeah. Not and long. I don't remember Infinite being long. I just remember being a little disappointed in its ending. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, love love the Bioshock stuff, man. We're definitely going to talk about that. All right. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to just tell, you know, old Brian and and Joshy Pants to use a nickname of one of our other buddies <laughs> named Josh that it's all good, man. You guys are yeah. Listen, if you're not liking something that 343 or Halo's doing, be honest about it. But I my go-to in podcasting has always been like just talk about the shit you do like right Mm -hmm. we got enough people that make their fucking livings and their whole personalities hating on shit don't be that don't be that for halo you guys aren't obviously so i say keep on doing what you're doing you guys rule it'll get better listen to your old friends your old pals halls and steve huh that's right so buddy putting out that content listen we are about to take a dive into I would say my favorite genre of video game. Yeah, it's mine too, right? Because right. as we're about to discuss, it's a pretty broad genre. It's, yeah, buddy. This is where I was having trouble in my sort of like OCD, ADD mm-hmm. brain was, well, what about this? And what about that? Um, so when I think about RPGs that have made an impact in my life, RPGs that are the reason that it's my favorite genre of video game. I And I've thought a lot about this. I honestly think, for me personally, the most important piece for an RPG is its setting, its world and its setting. I think that is the bedrock on which a good RPG is built, right? I completely agree with you. Um, That's really well said. Like, when I think about Final Fantasy games, right? Like, when I think about my favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy VII, Midgar, Cosmo Canyon, you know what I mean? Wu-Tai, Fort Condor. Like, it's the setting. Now, all Mm -hmm. the other stuff, and and, and if it was only that setting and the writing was bad and the gameplay wasn't fun and the characters were bad, it wouldn't matter, right? Of course, those are important, but... To me, the setting is the most important thing. The Witcher 3, one of my favorite RPGs of all time. The setting. The setting in the world, right? Literally every From game. This is, the, buddy, that was what pushed me over the edge into yep. saying that this was the most important thing because, you know, when we talk about Final Fantasies or The Witcher or Dragon Quest or Persona or Baldur's Gate, Blah blah blah. Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. They are the story is very forefront, right? The story, the narrative is very forefront. It's in your face, like you are experiencing a story. The From Games, that's not the case. Correct. Yeah. You have to dig for the story. You may have to watch a dude on YouTube explain the story for <laughs> four hours, and you just put a hundred <laughs> hours into the game. Right. Right. <laughs> And, and look, look, I I fully acknowledge that this isn't for everything or everybody. Like right. I like that there's this is their style. That's what they do. 
But I'm at the same time, I'm also a fan of traditional storytelling as well in yeah. my RPGs, which goes back a long, a long way, man, to Final Fantasy II, which yep. I... I mean, like, I could go before to... I played RPGs before that, right? Like Zelda. Yeah. The first Zelda. Um, I'm trying to think of any other RPGs I might have played before that that really stuck, but I can't think of them. And uh, I think that was the game that really kind of changed my life as far as becoming, like... I was going this one way. Mm -hmm. Like, I was going to be <clears throat> a shooter gamer, probably. Yeah. Like, if, if you knew me now... Mm -hmm. I would be like, this would be a Call of Duty podcast and yep. we would be doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? But no, I, I Final Fantasy 2 sent me down a completely different path as a gamer. And it, you know, it's one that I'm happy to talk about. Yeah. So for anybody listening, because I know like, you know, some younger people be like, Final Fantasy 2? Oh, yeah. You, Four. Fill them in. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, we, when we first got our dick scanners on Final Fantasy 4, it was called 2. Because they didn't release two and three in the United States. That's right. So they had to, they changed it around. It wasn't until Final Fantasy VII came out here that they went back to the original numbering. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, and and you know, the same game for me is is the same. Like I, we have that experience in common, right? Like before Final Fantasy two slash four, I didn't give a dick about a story in a video game. You know, unless it was like a Sierra game. Oh, right. You know, that's, like that's something completely different. Right. But, you know, like console gaming, like I don't I don't ever remember being like, oh, why is Mario in this kingdom with fucking mushrooms and killer turtles and a giant turtle dinosaur dude? Exactly. Or, yeah. uh, you know, like at, at the very best, I would infer a story that probably wasn't, you know, actually there. Mm -hmm. Castlevania. Uh, do I know why this dude is uh, fighting the universal horror monsters with a whip? <laughs> no, but I'm here for the motherfucking ride. You know, that's I, might, right. that's right. I might read the little synopsis in the manual and be like, good to know. Let's get, get me, get me my D pad, my two buttons. Let's get cracking. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then final fantasy four is what made me like actively, look for games that had a story that had an intense narrative and um you know from then on that's it's it's been my favorite rpg genre and in like it's been a lifelong search for games that inspire that same feeling right, right that scratched that itch just yeah. the right way i know yeah. what you mean because there's been like an rpgification that happened somewhere in like I want to say the mid two thousands. Yeah, I want to say around the PlayStation three, Xbox three sixty era, yeah. where, where where all of a sudden it mm -hmm. was just hip for every game to have some kind of RPG ish progression style gameplay mm -hmm. or equipment slots and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and and like I know like nowadays you can look at the landscape of games and go like, man, RPGs are really popular and everybody likes them. Buddy, that was not the case when we were kids. It was mm -mm. not. You were the weird kid if you played <laughs> Final Fantasy. And yep. you, like, you, you'd be talking at school like, oh, I beat Final Fantasy 3 last night, Final Fantasy 6. And <laughs> they would be like, Final Fantasy, is that a porno game? It's got fantasy in the title. And like, no, nah, <laughs> motherfucker. Do you know who Sabin is and Shadow? Huh? Locke? Huh? Tara? Yeah, Tara? 
She's green-haired. She's beautiful. I don't know how I know that because she's just pixels, but I just know it. I just know she's hot. Right? So, like, um, it, it's in, and I'm not complaining because, once again, as a kid, the options were limited, right? They were yep. extremely limited as far as RPGs goes, unless you were into the real nitty-gritty PC RPGs, mm-hmm. which... I couldn't wrap my head around for the longest time as a kid, you know? Me neither. Yeah. Um, but now they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And mm-hmm. and like you said, so many games have taken those elements into them. Right. So, I mean, naturally, I w- I'm going to try to keep it to, like, games that are more RPG heavy mm-hmm. than opposed to RPG light because so many games are RPG light these days. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there's going to be things that creep into all genres these days that we talk about for sure for sure you know Um, like i think in some games i think a character creator can be incredibly important for an rpg see now buddy okay i'm so glad you brought this up (laughs) because then i started okay so I, i i came to the realization for me personally the most important element of an rpg is its setting and its world it needs to have a a world that feels lived in to, to borrow Convincing. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that borrow a term that star Wars fans to use so much. It, it feels lived in, it feels real and it feels immersive. Right. And that, whether that's in stunning 4k fucking graphics with ray tracing or pixels on the super Nintendo, you know, mm-hmm. um, then to me, I was like, okay, well, what's my next favorite thing? about rpgs and i wanted to say characters the characters Mm. that you play as or that you that you interact with in a game but i honestly don't know that that is the second most important because some of my favorite rpgs are rpgs where the the character is you right Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. create you that that's the true sense the ultimate projection yeah it's the it's the true sense of a role-playing game you are creating, if it's not yourself, it is your idea of the kind of person you would be if you lived in this world that is so important to, you know, the success of an RPG. So right. that's where it starts getting a little dicey for me. Character creator, for me, huge. If a game mm-hmm. features a character creator, about two hours of the start of that game is going to be spent creating that character. I'm not someone that just goes, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. okay, we're good, you know? I know. I stayed. I was so excited for Elden Ring, and I told you I was like, "All right, man, it's almost time for me to play character creator for two hours and mm-hmm. go to bed." Yep, <laughs> yep. And but that's the thing, right? Like, like I, I enjoy it so much. I've started to like project imaginary backstories for some of these characters in my heads, like based yeah. on the way they look. Like mm-hmm. you can make their eyes look creepy and stuff, and it's just real fun to go that route. Now, <laughs> I, I, I don't dislike having characters that are great either you know what i mean like i don't think i don't think it's mutually exclusive no see Um, i think this is where the definition of rpg can go in one of two ways right it can go you create your avatar that inhabits this world a la most of the from games right with the exception of sakura right exactly with the exception of that one um Mm -hmm. Uh, the uh, Bethesda games, Fallout and and um, the Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. Well, Elder Scrolls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any other n- number of, of games. Fable. Fable, uh, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
And then on the other end is where you are playing a pre-written character. There may be some, you know, decisions to be made that you can, you know, sort of make to steer the story or your character how you want it to be. But most, but for the most part, it's set in stone. Mm-hmm. For Final Fantasy games, you know. Um, Dragon Quests. Yeah, typically JRPGs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very JRPG type thing. Uh, and I love both of those styles of RPG equally, right? Me too, yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you this. With a character creator, I have on more than one occasion spent an inordinate amount of time making my character <laughs> and got about an hour, hour and a half into the game, and he shows up in the first cutscene, and I go, fuck me, I got to start <laughs> over. The most, Mass Effect. The mo- well... From the same developer, the most recent example I can think of was Dragon Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm -hmm. You know how, like, if you have that EA Play service, you can play, like, six hours of one of their new games, like, a week early? You know, your boy signed up for that just to play six hours of Dragon Age Inquisition. I was like, and then when the game releases, I'll be six hours ahead, and I can just, you know, I'll be six hours in, I'll have my character created, boom. So, buddy, I probably spent, you know, an hour and a half of my six-hour allotment making my character. I get in. I'm checking it out. I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, shit. It's, wow, this is way better than two. And then, you know, I, I play my six hours. And I'm like, okay, cool. Halls the Inquisitor is fucking here. Actually, his name was probably Jack Shepard, let's be honest. <laughs> and then uh, the game officially releases, and I load my stave up, and he gets into a cutscene, and I notice that there's just a weird sheen to his <laughs> hair and beard. And I'm like, don't let it bother you, man. Don't let it bother you. You don't have to restart. Keep going a few oh, minutes later. That is that is a fool's game right yep, there yep. that you're playing. I should have known right then, right? And sure enough, guess what I did? Guess who got restarted? Well, so. Five minutes later, maybe 30 seconds later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the thing. Like The best ones give you the option to change it in-game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that is handy. Ring and whatnot. But um, <clears throat> I know what you mean, though. Like Having a bad create a character in some of those earlier RPGs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instant reset. You mm-hmm. had we're starting over for sure. So <clears throat> now that we've talked about sort of you know that style of RPG where you are the character, it's your avatar in this world. I do want to talk about the other style, right? Mm-hmm. The more JRPG style of RPG, and like those characters and the characters who are like the main characters, the person who you play for most of, if not all, the game. Very important to me. Like oh sure, it yeah. is not a bit how much I love the cast of Final Fantasy Seven mm-hmm. or Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Ten or Final Fantasy Four or Final Fantasy Six or Final Fantasy Nine or fucking Final Fantasy Twelve or Fourteen. Fourteen, shit. you know, Th- that's very important to me too. It's just a different style of r- RPG. Instead of you are playing and crafting your own story with your actions. You are put in the role of someone else and in, experience, in experiencing the story. And when done right, clearly that can be very powerful, right? Like, your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Final Fantasy VII is not a new game. Mm-mm. And I'm still fucking blabbering about it and spending no, too much this on The story's a classic for a reason, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, you know, I think that's also... 100 percent a big thing too it's just a it's it's a difference right it's a difference in approach to the genre of role-playing i like it though you know and to me it's it almost takes a little more courage as a developer because you're presenting the story right Mm -hmm. that the player can't really fundamentally change too much in those cases it requires an amazing amount of confidence in right yeah Mm -hmm. in your characters and the journey they're going to go through um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like that even in some of the ones with character creator, you know, they're still going to kind of put a story in there for you to follow. Yeah. Like cyberpunk um, is the, the, per, well, cyberpunk or the elder scrolls games or fallout. Yeah, Those fallout. are the perfect, mm-hmm. perfect example. But you also have a little more control over the course of that story. Exactly. On your actions, right? We can get into that, that aspect a little later, but, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, I really enjoy I have enjoyed the stories more, I think, in the style that we're talking about now, the me JRPG too. style, because those stories tend to resonate more with me for whatever reason than the ones where I'm projected projecting myself into this story. I don't know. The stories are just generally stronger to me. Do you I, agree? I agree. Like, listen, I love Morrowind. I love Elder Scrolls Four: Oblivion. Uh, I love Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Love all those. Well, I love Skyrim and Morrowind. Yeah, Oblivion's a little bland, but I st- look. I put a dick load of hours into it, regardless. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> it's the first game I had for my 360. I don't know that uh, either. Any of those games have story elements that I'm like so crazy about. They have good ones for sure. Sure, mm-hmm. um, they have the the good bits in those are more like kind of the beats that happen in between. Mm-hmm. Like when you hit a side quest or whatever, right. there's like some unexpected turns. The Witcher is kind of the same way. I feel like The Witcher has a the the main story is pretty good. Like it's yeah. not like knock your socks off. Like That's great, pretty good. It's pretty good. And pretty and good. I'll say the the interesting thing about The Witcher is it's kind of a weird mix of both, right? Like you mm-hmm. have, a and you could say the same thing for like Mass Effect and Dragon Age. You have a fairly set set of story consequences and and like routes the story can go but you do have the ability to alter those and then sometimes mm-hmm. in some pretty big ways like yep mm-hmm. you know um the, the bloody baron quest and the witcher 3 for example exactly the ending of mass effect 2 that's all i'll say because steve hasn't played it yet but it's a big one right mm-hmm. um you know lots of stuff like that the ending of mass effect 1 where mm-hmm. you're deciding whether to you know, save the council or save the humans. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it, it, and you got to pick pick yeah. a squad mate to die yeah. at the end. You yeah, know? it's it's there's you know, 
they you can get a mix of the two but like when when a an rpg and it doesn't just have to be a jrpg like knights of the old republic is a good example Mm -hmm. when it is firing on all cylinders and you're playing your character and you're building relationships with your squad mates or your group members and like you like and listen man I know this is going to sound lame. I don't give a fuck. I'll get sad when I fucking finish a really good RPG because I'm like, fuck, I'm not hanging out with my friends anymore. Yeah, I know. that. I, I had that feeling so strong, strongly as a kid, man. Mm-hmm. Um, finishing Final Fantasy 2, 4, whatever, mm-hmm. um, 6, and Lunar, the Silver Star story in particular. I remember having great regret at the end of that game. I don't know what it was about that game. Something I think it was the combination of the music that because it had kind of advanced music for game at the time. And the story really weaved its way together well and created like an emotional resonance with me that I was chasing for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't find it. And, and you know, uh, like we've talked at various times, like where we had that stepbrothers moment of like, what's your favorite dinosaur? Say it on three. Velociraptor. You know what I mean? You want to go do karate in the basement? Like... One of ours that we bonded over really early was our affinity for Lunar Silver Star story. Because, you know, as a kid, you might run into someone who also played Final Fantasy or had played Chrono Trigger or by some fucking stroke of luck played a a Dragon Quest. (laughs) Right. Finding someone that played Lunar Silver Star story was rare back then, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Still rare today. (laughs) Sure enough is. Um, But yeah, man, like, when an RPG cast is written really well, that's the good shit, buddy. Oh, Ooh, man. that's the good shit, man. Like, and, and um, one of my favorite favorite uh, additions to RPGs that's come, you know, more recently is the idea of building the relationship mm, with your mm-hmm. your party members right but right like making that an actual mechanic in yeah the game. The, and, and it, it doesn't always have to be you know sexual Persona. in nature but like a dating sim almost mechanic where it, 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 it like i said it doesn't have to lead to you like fucking bumping mm, polygons no. but it's like you your friendship or your relationship with these characters grows I love that. Give that yeah. to me. And if they gave that to me in Halo Infinite 2, where I'm Master Chief and I'm, I have a squad of other Spartans and I got to like earn their <laughs> trust and shit. Holy moly. Halo effect. Oh, holy man. shit. Halo. This episode's over. I have, <laughs> I have an email to draft. Hold on, Steve. I'll be right back. Dear 343, my buddy Steve is a god damn genius <laughs> <laughs> banging away on that new keyboard i saw Ooh, that, that today Boba on twitter that keyboard baby nice, nice but yeah like persona is a great example of what you just talked about where um almost half the game mm-hmm. uh you know you've got half the game where you're doing like turn-based rpg battley type stuff mm-hmm. and that's all great well and good Th- that's fantastic but the other half of the game a huge portion of it is your relationships that you do that you build with your squad mates, um, these other people that you know who can kind of like increase your stats in other areas, and mm-hmm. it's pretty wholesome. I mean, yeah, you are. There's at some point you pick a girlfriend, but it doesn't get it really any kind of salacious or anything like that. No, and it's just fun to kind of manage egos as part of like a mechanic in a game, I guess. You yeah, know? and and listen, it like 
I also, I'm also not going to fucking sit on my high horse and look down at someone that wants to see some digital boobs, all right? Like, <laughs> oh, hell listen, no. no. If you're stoked not. about seeing Trish Marigold's boobs in a Witcher game, me too, buddy. <laughs> me too. Yeah, and if you want to play some games where you, there's like RPG relationship mechanics that lead to boobs, I'm sure there's some on Steam. Uh, it, Gotta well, go looking. The, well, the, the Witcher and Mass Effect. I mean, both of those do that. <laughs> they both yeah. do that. I mean, it's not as maybe graphic as like ding dongs and hang, hanging out and stuff that you can find on uh, like Cyberpunk um, Steam, from what I understand. Oh. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know me, I don't do such things. <laughs> right. Um, so, like Fire, Fire Emblem was another example of a game that does that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's no nudity in that because it's a. I, I just mean the relationship yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it's so. a. Uh, it's a Nintendo game, and they sort of... Man, I wish that they had had that mechanic in, in Final Fantasy IV. I would have sweet-talked Kane from the beginning. He'd have never left my party. Hell no, nah, bro. And I'd have made know, him feel like a million bucks. I, 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 I don't want to you know put it all on Final Fantasy VII's back, although I do think the current state and popularity of RPGs today owes a lot to Final Fantasy VII. Oh, Final without Fantasy a freaking VII. doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Final Fantasy VII was the watershed moment for in America Kicked for the RPGs. Door down. Kicked yeah. it down, where kid like the kids that were too cool to play Final Fantasy were coming up to me at school, being like, um, "Dude, uh, how the fuck do I beat Rufus on top of the Shinra building?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, and they had a very light version of that mechanic where like throughout the game leading up to the golden saucer you can make friends with one specific party member and take them on a date at the golden <laughs> saucer and you could change that of course i always you know did the the path that led to you taking tifa on a date but i've uh, seen in the, the years fellow since, man of culture I ah, see. fellow man of culture i see in the years since i have um done them all yeah i took barrett on the date too it's funny as shit um so i didn't i never did that but i read that you could and i always thought that was really hilarious mm -hmm. that they put that in there um, that's all so yeah a solid cast in a rpg to me really is what like that's the shit i'm there for man and, uh -huh. and you know you can have a solid cast in the games where you you know you make your character and it's fully your avatar or whatever i'm not saying you can't but to me when it's all sort of crafted around the entire cast that's kind of what I like the most. Mm -hmm. um, now, let's see what you feel about this, Steve. The next pillar that I think is very important for an RPG, something when I sat down and thought about it, like the thing that kept popping in my head is a banger ass soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, this could be, this is one of those things that could be true of any game, but it really is super duper important in RPGs. Cause you're in an RPG for hours. Yeah, you're there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can go different ways with this, you know? Like, obviously, there's so many different games, but, like, From is is known for having, like, very sparse... Mm -hmm. Understated. Sound. Like, Elden Ring, in fact, has the most ambient, like, the most just music period mm -hmm. in just the regular game. They're known for having epic, awesome boss scores. Like, when you're fighting the boss, you are, your mind is getting mm -hmm. just absolutely blown how awesome this soundtrack is. Whereas, like, in a lot of other games, like, where you, we have battle mechanics, right? Like, you're going to and go into, like, a battle screen or something like that, and you're going to hear a lot of battle themes. It's kind of important to have good ones. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you're stuck listening to a bad one, 
a lot of the time. Oh, and I might buddy, check out. You know, I'll tell you this. Like, I thought overall the music in um, Cyberpunk was pretty good, but I got so fucking tired of that battle, battle. Thing. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what? That that is is something that really bugged me in that game was the battle theme, and it was just because it was the same thing every time. And I agree, and it's like I felt like can't you just make four and rotate, make it random? Yes, you know what I mean? Like exactly. I felt like that was that's a that's a no brainer. I know that I'm I'm some idiot who doesn't know anything about programming, but they can do some other crazy shit. I feel like that wouldn't be too big of an ask. Yeah. Because no matter, even if it's a great song, um, the hundredth or the thousandth time you've heard it, you know, cause you're, you're playing this game for 80 hours. It's like, save me, man. Well, and I'll tell you this. I never had that. And this is all, this is of course, this, very statement as a matter of personal preference i never had that happen in a final fantasy game. me neither no those people <laughs> look they're kind of the cream of the crop when yeah. it comes to the soundtrack if we're talking about our boy nobu umatsu get out get the fuck out of town yeah look i you know won't hear i won't hear slander about that shit i'll Nuh-uh. get triggered no um like he wrote so many classic themes um uh unbelievable man i could listen to him all the time that dude's great yeah, buddy, give me just a second. I don't do this uh, this that often on fucking. <laughs> Are on... you gonna play some music? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's go. Shit. That's some banger ass shit right there. Yeah, man, banger. Um, I could have you could have just left that plan for the yeah, rest of the episode yeah, if you wanted see to. Ya. We drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think a good soundtrack is is key. Like mm-hmm. the best RPG soundtrack feels alien yet appropriate enough for its setting. It almost goes hand in hand with the world, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Where it just melds. You don't like. You might pick up like, oh shit, that song's cool, but it, it's just all sort of melds together and feels natural. Um, you know, I think, you know, some of the Final Fantasy games do better than others, but like for the most part, oh, sure. they yeah. are solid A bangers. Square was soundtrack murderers back in the day too. Murderers like, uh, Row, bro. Chrono Trigger had a, a wicked soundtrack. Chrono uh, Cross, right? Mm-hmm. The fucking sequel. One of the best video game soundtracks of ever of all time. Nice. Like mm-hmm. um Final Fantasy fourteen has endless amounts of bangers in it and they have to have a lot of music because you're gonna play that shit for like 1200 hours um <laughs> got um final fantasy 14 great soundtrack great soundtrack um and the from games like i'm in the midst of playing um uh, uh blood bloodborne has some great boss themes bloodborne and i'll tell you they sneak up on you because mm-hmm. you're so intently fighting a boss right and then all of a sudden you'll be, I mean, you can literally see it happen on my stream where I go, oh shit, this music rules. And it, who knows how long it's been playing because this is my eighth time fighting a motherfucker. Right. And and it's really great about like, you know, getting the boss to like the second or third phase or whatever and the music scaling appropriately mm-hmm. and it's just, it's crescendoing and it's, it's, it's like this uh, one winged angel. Like, you know, that, that song is, uh, an absolute stone cold classic as well. 
it from might the Final be. Fantasy stuff, you know, that that they really, when I heard it in the remake, I was losing my mind. <laughs> it might honestly be my favorite video game song of all time. It's, uh, it's so good, man. Ooh, you knew it was about to go down. Boy. I mean, this sounds like something from Evangelion when it starts, you know? Like, I can imagine mm -hmm. an, like, an angel from Evangelion coming in. Ramy, whatever. And you know what? Like, I think there is... I think at some point we could sit down and, and craft an episode. It would be one where we have to sit down and really craft it, not just sort of shoot from the hip. But um, I think we could knock out a pretty banger-ass... Um, episode about Evangelion's influence on video games. Mm, nice. Because <laughs> uh, Square basically tried to do Evangelion, the video game, and a little game called Xenogears. And that game, I'm telling you right now, had Final Fantasy VII not as been as successful as it was, would have never been translated and brought to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, If you are a Xenogears fan, you better kiss the feet of fucking Cloud Strife, let me tell you what. <laughs> I know I do because I like Xenogears. Um, so we talked about, you know, um, the world, character creators versus the cast of characters, music. I think I, I, got, I got one. Uh, okay. Gear. You just took it right. That was where I was going. <laughs> nice. You have yeah. to have a, and I'm going to, let's loop it all together, a progression system. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's gear and leveling slash skills right i think you need to have a really solid progression system because that's what keeps you invested for the dozens and dozens of hours that are required for some of these games sometimes mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. whether that's a, a a sphere grid like in final fantasy 10 whether that's you know just your your typical leveling tree and gear is a big part of it especially if you change the gear and it makes a com cosmetic change to your character because there's <laughs> yes. nothing video game players they may not want to admit it love more than having a character that looks cool as shit damn right mhm mm talking about the witcher mm -hmm. i mean i i stared at him riding his horse in the way those two swords swayed on his back for so long like i just loved it never got old to me and he he changes his look, you know. You can that's the thing. You can wear just one style of Witcher armor, mm -hmm. but you upgrade it throughout the game. And, and when you changes. do that, it yep. changes. So you get to look at him looking completely different for you a little can while. Change his, you can change his hairstyle. You can let his beard grow out. His beard grows in real time. A bananas ass detail. I know. I see all people always talking about Eric Struthers. Just turn the <laughs> podcast down for a second. How that go, the hell that is in um, Red Dead. Uh, the Witcher Three did it first. Okay, um, you can turn it back up, Eric. Um, but yeah, gear, man. Like you got to have like some kind of ultimate weapon you're striving for, kind of. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the weapon that's been with you since the beginning mm -hmm. that that becomes like a juggernaut by the end of the game. That's typically from games for you. Mm -hmm. um, or it's like something you find midway to three quarters of the way through the game that is like something really awesome you know, that changes the way your guy plays. And mm -hmm. in a lot of cases in Final Fantasy, you know, will give you just access to a whole new set of abilities. Yeah, you know? or change your... So we could also talk about a job system because that's a, a very different approach. I love a good RPG with a job system. But 
Yeah, you know, like, as much in the same regard that I like a character creator, I love getting into a game and being like, shit, where's my lighter? I got to look through the menus. And then just <laughs> staring at the, the skill tree, right? And just sort of mapping out in my head, okay, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for that. This is going to do that, you know? Like, oh, I want to get this materia to slot in this character. Like, mm -hmm. materia mm -hmm. you can replace with sockets in Diablo. Right, yeah. Like, anything. any kind of... I've yeah. been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and they've got, like, the uh, the charm slots. Yep. You know, or the uh the the gear slots there's just so many different ways you can kind of customize your guy these days yeah and I I, dig. like you can like with any final fantasy game pretty much you can custom tailor your group how you want them to be your group of characters by their gear the the spells they have equipped now obviously there are some games the earlier ones you know four and six specifically they have specific ca character classes uh, assigned to the characters but you know like five has a job system that's really solid um 13's job system is pretty solid to be honest with you so you know it, it can go either way um but yeah man i love like and that's i'll be honest with you that's the the secret fucking digital crack of MMOs. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought MMOs up because they definitely fit in the category. You you are constantly chasing that next... It could be one single gear piece, but it, it, it is the constant carrot on the stick. That one gear piece that's going to up your stats to a certain level or make you look cooler or yep. give you unlock an ability. And I'll tell you what, man. If I'll, I'll never forget the time I walked into the auction house when I was like a young player in World of Warcraft and I saw a dude standing there who had like an endgame sword that was like mm -hmm. glowing and mm -hmm. had like an aura. And I was like, whoa. I was trying to inspect them, mm -hmm. you know, frantically mm -hmm. to see what it was. And I was just like, I got to get something like that, man. Dude, that's one of my favorite things to do in any MMO is go to wherever the hub area is. It's mm -hmm. Most of the time, MMOs have multiple hub areas but going and just people watching and seeing how decked out people are and seeing like the cool you know armors and weapons and mm -hmm. all that shit mounts you know like i think the the rpgs that i've enjoyed the most have that element to them you're always chasing the next upgrade material to upgrade your armor or your weapons or your, right mm -hmm. you know whatever it may be yeah, with I, a game like Diablo, that's part of the game, literally. That is, is. that is the game. Yeah, it's pretty much the game. Looting, killing, looting, getting cooler, more powerful, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think this area, by the way, to, uh, to uh, get Steve a little hot and sweaty here, I think this area is one of the areas that From excels at the best. Mm-hmm is the progression of your character man like you feel like a like an insane badass by the end of it and they usually give you access to some pretty crazy weapons yeah and, and like well not just that like so even in in the case of say demon souls where i kept my starter weapon until the end mm -hmm. i always had i knew exactly the piece of of material i needed to get you know make my sword plus seven and as soon as I got my hands on it, I was like, it's back to the fucking 
Nexus, blacksmith baby, baby. <laughs> fuck Let's yeah. yeah yeah man. the blacksmith yeah yeah and like same thing i'm ex- in the middle of experiencing that in bloodborne where now i'm looking for twin bloodstones or whatever yeah, the twin you blood know? blood shards or blood whatever shards, yeah. yeah um i think they do a really good job of that of like because in and it interfaces with the difficulty of a from game in a really interesting way where like you're you're in your mind you're going i just need those twin blood shards and then i'll beat the shit out of these guys that keep killing me <laughs> right you're not but i, I like <laughs> like that one level up on your weapon is really gonna make you know the difference same thing the- by the way with the leveling system in from games i think it's genius i think it's yeah. so genius where it's not it's stats mm-hmm. you're not numbers, looking at yeah. a skill tree it's stats. It's stats and numbers, and it's it's currency. The same currency you use to level up, same currency you use to buy shit, man. And you got to make those choices, right? Like, you go back to the hub world. Well, am I going to spend 9,000 blood souls or whatever they're called? They're <laughs> blood always, rune, souls, rune, <laughs> yeah. yeah, something, yeah. Uh, am I going to um, spend, spend 9,000 of those on one strength upgrade, or am I going to, you know buy something not a lot to buy in in bloodborne thus far that i'm super interested in but right right but you're not going to unlock like um falling strike you know what i mean like yeah. no or or <laughs> meteor you know like yeah. I, I think they do a really good job for that considering that shit you were just talking about one of my favorite things and fucking RPGs. fucking love it yeah. love it yeah i fucking love that stuff it's just not what they do Mm-mm. they give you they'll give you stuff like that sword of night and flame that you found in elden ring that basically you, you <laughs> use the whole time it gave you a gigantic laser beam to shoot at at things and that's awesome you know uh, it's buddy, just different i saw some motherfucker talking about that online and i said noted and then <laughs> i was off on a perilous adventure bro frodo <laughs> and sam ain't got shit on the adventure i went to get that sword at the point i went to get that sword at still one of my favorite stories was that uh, <laughs> you 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 texted me you were like i finally got that sword had to go through some pretty horrifying shit to get it but i got it and then like the next day jeff and i were talking about karia manor and i was like don't spoil anything for them man this is wild and then we found out later that that's where you had been. Like uh-huh. I found the sword and yeah, it was, oh, I was like, Oh, in real time, you were <laughs> yep. like, you were like, hold up. <laughs> I just found the sword of night and flame. I go, Oh yeah, that's where I was. You and knew about these big ass hands. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's just real crazy. And we didn't want to, what was funny is we were both not trying to spoil each other about the big creepy hands. Uh huh. Had already <laughs> experienced it. <laughs> Too funny. Um, so, Two other things. Now, one of these is very particular for me. You know that dumb Dave Chappelle bit from Nutty Professor where they say, where he's like, women be shopping, right? <laughs> Halls be shopping in an RPG that lets them shop. <laughs> I love going into a new town in an RPG and seeing the little icons for like weapon vendor, armor vendor, potion vendor. You know what I mean? Because I. Yep. Let's see what they got. Oh, I don't have enough money. I'm going right outside say, and I'm grinding. You, yeah. The best ones will let you go grind for some money because, mm-hmm. you know, you're immediately, especially in a case of a game like Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. you're going to go and you're going to immediately see the, sh- the new shit, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, there's the stuff that I haven't been able to see. Some. I want that. I want that. Give mm-hmm. me one or two of these mm-hmm. bangles for my wrists or whatever. And then, yeah, really Buddy, fun. I just had so just uh, so one of the games we're playing 
um, right now is Final Fantasy VI. A little bit of a spoiler alert. I just got to the part where you leave the um, the castle that can sink into the sand, you know? And you go through this cave, and you get to another town. And this town is the first town you go to where you can shop. And I was like, oh, they got gear for all three of my characters? I'm going outside. Hold on one second, guys. I'll be back with some gill real fast. I got so <laughs> excited. And I've done it dozens of times. Another thing, not every game nails it, but I love a good crafting system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I love a good crafting system. I think The Witcher 3 does a good job with it. I do too. I do too. Um, um, Dragon th- Quest Eleven has one of the best fucking crafting systems in JRPG history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crafting along with the loot system mm-hmm. are two things that can kind of go wrong they sure for can. some for some RPGs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the loot system really turned me off of Neo, the the mm-hmm. Team Ninja Souls-like that a lot of people really like. And I like the base gameplay of the game, but it was just too much to deal with. It wasn't an elegant system like Diablo right, to me. Right, right. Um, but in the case of the game we were just talking about crafting, you know, most games that I've played seem to do okay with it. I wouldn't say Elden Rings is like great, but it's, it's serviceable. You it's, know? Serv- it's the best one. Uh, okay. So I haven't played every from game. It's the best of the from games I've oh. played so far. Easily. Yeah, it definitely uh, is. Now I'll say this, the Witcher threes in a lot of ways shouldn't work because there's so much shit in that game and like keeping track of all the materials and what you need. But you know what? I pulled up a handy dandy fucking IGN guide and I was like, well, you know what? I'm just storing everything. I'm never <laughs> going hungry again, motherfucker. I'm crafting <laughs> and it works. Yep. Um, and that's one thing I love about from games is there's no weight limit. So you can just pick up everything mm-hmm. you want. <laughs> no big deal. Um, and then like uh, the one in Dragon Quest 11 has a little bit of like a, a skill to it and uh figuring out that system was so fun dude like i spent so much time crafting in dragon quest 11 but you want to know who mm-hmm. had some balling ass gear me hell yeah that's who and you know that's obviously a pretty crucial part of mmos as well yeah um you yeah. know you spend a lot of time crafting stuff just to sell it or mm-hmm. in some cases it's actually useful our friend nick's probably Still logging into Final Fantasy fourteen to bake some bread every now and yeah. again. Love like, doing that. We'd get into a dungeon and Nick would be like, so I don't want to make a big deal about it or anything, but uh, <laughs> I've got some cookies for everybody. That dude is is the Samwise of oh the group, God. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I love that dude so much. Me too, man. Um, I know we're getting, we're getting towards the end here. I wanted to bring up something else. Okay. And I just want to call this like icing stuff i don't okay. know yeah that's like ca- kind of like, what i was saying with the crafting and the shopping mm-hmm. that's icing on the cake it is so, not required but boy do i love it so for me i'm thinking of of more things like gwent from oh, the witcher 3 side activities yeah Steve? like hook it up the, the uh the cabaret club from oh yakuza zero which oh. is an rpg it is and if you don't want to split hairs then like a dragon's even more like an rpg mm-hmm. an rpg mm-hmm. but yeah like side stuff um and i'm not talking about side quests you know side quests is another Whole last other thing we yeah. can keep talking for another hour if you want to but <laughs> we maybe we do it we could revisit this topic but mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like, 
when a game nails the side activities, oh god, I love it. it really makes for a more memorable experience, right? Like yeah. Final Fantasy VII had had this, you know. Uh, yeah, dude, that is what that once again. Sorry to be and listen. Last was it last week or the week before? I was talking about Wesley and um, and <laughs> yep. Brian doing a little ding ding riding on Final Fantasy fifteen and thirteen. Buddy, I'm saddling up. I'm fucking on all fours <laughs> talking about it. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven, the game that introduced the beauty of a side activity. You don't have to breed chocobos. You don't have to race chocobos. You can play the whole game without doing that. Boy, does it pay off if you do it. No, I was going to say, you probably should, though. <laughs> you can play. You can put 100 hours into Witcher 3 and never once fucking play around a Gwent. You'll be a lesser person for it. You know? That's what I mean. It makes these games so much richer in the experience when when they're done really correctly, you know? Like, Gwent, there's so many things in The Witcher that that shouldn't work. I know. Right? I know. Like, the, like you said about the crafting system and the potion system mm-hmm. and the the armor system and the and and the Gwent, and yet somehow they managed to just nail, nail it all. It. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and you know, I think it remains to be seen whether that was that they're just really a really good studio or whether that's lightning in the bottle. Mm-hmm. I think I think we have we have a couple more games that they need to release before we can make that judgment. You know, I feel like that they're back on I think solid so. ground i hope so the the cyberpunk expansion i feel like will prove that yeah yeah you know i'm not trying to be no of course not yeah no negative no, I, about it but i, I know you think, love cd project i yeah. do i mm-hmm. definitely do um yeah so that's that is a big icing on the cake thing for me too like the stuff you mentioned in yakuza crane games a fucking fight clubs bowling like mm-hmm. batting cages whatever slot car racing hook it up um persona there's shit, shit tons of stuff, of stuff to do yeah. in persona yeah there that you know that's one thing i'm trying to think i, I want to make sure i don't speak out of turn here but i do feel like that's something that you know like final fantasy 7 had the optional bosses right your weapons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the side stuff. I feel like Final Fantasy's gotten a little bit further away from that. Fifteen does have some of it in it, to be fair, because it's you know the first open world one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love some side shit, bro. Like side <laughs> activities. Mm. I mean, Steve has famously told the story about me mining in Mass Effect Two, and that's not <laughs> a particularly fun side uh, activity, by the way. But I got into it. So funny, yeah. So I feel like we should just revisit this topic again. Yeah, down the road. Like, yeah, I think so. Because I feel like there's still tons of shit to talk about. A ton. I think we hit the big ones. And what I would be interested in, guys, what do you feel like makes a good RPG? Let us know. Yeah, that's a good question, guys. Come on, you gotta admit. Yeah, let us know at highpotionpod at gmail Follow Steve on Twitter at Stoned Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow this podcast at High Potion Pod. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks to Randy and uh, Irish Phoenix for our most recent reviews. You guys are the best. We're doing personalized shout outs now. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye. (laughs)